0: Today's podcast is brought to you by ACAM. So much goes into managing your co-op or condo, but overseeing its day-to-day operations is key. Let ACAM's property managers supported by compliance oversights and preventative maintenance plans go to work for you. Visit ACAM.com today. Welcome to Problem Solved, a conversation about problems that have been solved in New York's co op and condo buildings. I'm Carol Ott, publisher and editor in chief of Habitat Magazine. My guest today is architect Kevin Bone, a partner in Bone Levine Architects, a New York City full service architectural firm. When a condo is governed by a board with competing interests, getting things fixed can be slow going. At one such Manhattan condo, the fix was complicated by competing interests on the board. Kevin is here to tell us what the problem was and how the stakeholders worked it out. Welcome, Kevin.
1: Thank you very much, Carol. It's my pleasure to be here.
0: So set the scene for us. Why were you called in and what did you find?
1: So our story begins in the spring of 2017. I was called by a senior building manager. He had been given an opinion regarding a situation at an Upper West Side condominium building that was regarded as rather dire by the professionals that were then involved assisting the building. I stepped in and had a look at the situation, which was related primarily to the electrical service room, which was a subgrade space below a pedestrian plaza. This electrical service room had extensive water infiltration, and as a result, the electrical equipment and its cabinets had severely corroded. There was water in the floor. We had a careful look at it. We did some probing with a contractor, and it was our conclusion that the problems went beyond simply corrosion to the electrical service, but also were structural and related to the primary waterproofing of the plaza deck above.
0: Can you just sort of paint a picture of what, when you talk about a plaza deck and the electric room, just paint a picture for me what that looks like.
1: The primary electric service room is where the point of entry is for Con Edison bringing in the power for the whole building. So this is really mission control for electrical dilution. There are some primary meters in there, what they call the switches, the primary switches that bring the electricity into the building and distribute it to the various feeds. The building is a 19-story building, and it was built in the 1990s under zoning that allowed for additional height when buildings were set back to create a public space. So the plaza is really a modest public space with some outdoor benches and some planters and some pavers and whatnot. It's a privately held public space, but by making it accessible to the public, the developers of the building were able to build additional square footage and go to a higher level.
0: And did the building have parking, a garage?
1: Yes. So that brings us to the next part of this story. We felt that the problem was not limited to the electric room only and that this ongoing water infiltration from this public plaza was compromised structural integrity of a below-grade parking garage. And we encouraged ownership to do a proper investigation of this.
0: So let me just take a step back. On the board... I understand there were different parties, different stakeholders with different interests.
1: There was the entity of the parking garage, which is an owner in the condominium. There are two levels of below-grade parking. There is an institutional stakeholder that owned many of the residential and commercial condominium spaces. There were some individual residential owners. And there was a religious institution that had some shared infrastructure, although they had a discrete building. They did share some common space on the plaza and whatnot. And these parties had to come together and face the evaluation that the building faced significant maintenance issues and needed to plan for realizing these maintenance issues.
0: And let me just ask, the garage owner Would his business be shut down?
1: That's correct, Carol. So this is, of course, a major part of this discussion. If someone's individual interests are perhaps compromised by these common building maintenance agendas, they will question the opinions. That was the case here. Uh, Sometimes the questioning of the opinions is simply a red herring, an effort to divert attention and buy time. They did, in fact, engage uh, a structural engineer. The structural engineer reinforced the prevailing opinions that something needed to be done. So that moved us into a phase of negotiations, which inevitably involve attorneys, So even though the common interest in all of these entities was proper care of the buildings, they found themselves in something of an adversarial relationship. They were trying to each compete for what was best for them. And in the meantime, the calendar is clicking forward. And in this particular case, we moved into a situation where the building was requiring work to its facades. The facades had begun to develop some unsafe conditions. So the FISP requirements on the building dictated that sidewalk bridging be put up on this public plaza. Life is getting more complicated here. Meanwhile, this is the spring of 2020, and of course, life got more complicated for all of us at that point. Nonetheless, management, the condominium, the institutional primary condominium owner, all ultimately worked out an agreement with the parking garage owner to allow this project to move forward.
0: From the time you were called in to the time that some agreements were reached to allow the project to move forward, how much time are we talking about?
1: Well, here's the important part of this timeline, Carol. We began in April of 2017 there was still some foot dragging going on in the spring of 2021, even though documents had been prepared. But as we know, in the condominium and co-op business, the world changed in June of 2021 when the Champlain Towers in South Florida collapsed. And suddenly The issue of neglected maintenance was front and center on everyone's board. My phone lit up that week with everyone who I'd ever talked to about doing maintenance on their building saying, Are we in any sort of serious risk situation with regards to our building? That lit a fire under everyone. It was clear that the building department would have to get involved if these people didn't take action. And by July of 2021, plans were being made to vacate the garage.
0: (laughs) So that was a huge motivator, I take it.
1: A, A huge motivator. Well said.
0: What would you say the takeaway here would be? What is the lesson that other boards can draw from this?
1: All right. Without question, Carol, I can say that deferred maintenance is more costly than maintenance that's done in a timely way. And that's for two factors. One, a building that requires maintenance tends to be in a situation of accelerating deterioration. If if the walls are opened up or the plaza is leaking, all of that tends to get worse and worse more quickly. So what starts as a very little problem becomes a very big problem quickly. It is a perfect example of a stitch in time saves nine. The other takeaway is that all parties benefit enormously by quickly getting to the table and agreeing on common goals. Because the deferred maintenance not only gets more complicated, but the professional fees get more complicated. Every entity at that table, every stakeholder was spending money on attorneys. And all of that expenditure on the attorneys didn't actually help to get to the common goal. And the common goal is the proper, safe maintenance and protection of the asset. That would be my takeaway.
0: For this group of people to get to the common goal, was it the fear of what happened in Florida that made them all agree on a common goal?
1: I would have to say that contributed. I would honestly have to say that contributed. I think that the foot-dragging strategies, which were maybe buying time for people became unacceptable. And also from my position as an architect and our, construction, our consulting structural engineer, both of us agreed that if this building would not take action, that we were going to the building department because it's also our professional liability at stake. If we are aware of a condition that potentially compromises public safety, we're obligated to report that to the building department. So we also began to take a hard line after the Uh, Surfside collapse.
0: Okay, well, I think this is a very good lesson and a lesson probably most boards need to learn. So thank you very much for joining us today.
1: Carol, thank you very much. And thank you to Habitat Magazine for all the work you guys do.